Yeah, but like. Yeah, but it's dog stupid. I know. <laughs> oh. We're making fun of our friend Genhart. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Football After Dark. This is an episode where our recording time has been rescheduled, I think, three times. It has been a bad, bad time trying to get this episode together. It's been a bad week for everybody, but we are here without a Matt Dustman, unfortunately. You know why it's been a bad time? Because we're all getting ready for our fantasy drafts. Yes, we are, buddy. You got to start That's talking totally about That's totally not that. the only reason why, but... <laughs> it is for our listeners. Right. think, uh... I don't know. We always, like, reference fantasy, and we always immediately follow it by saying this is not a fantasy show. Right. Uh, but but this gonna, is a fantasy show today. This, this, today we're going to talk about players that we like, players we don't like. Yes. Maybe some trends we're starting to notice. Maybe some strategies we're going to go with. As far as I know, well, when it comes to me, I am in two leagues with with basically like this group of people, I guess yes. you could say. Yeah. But only one with the three of you. Right? Yeah. We have some outside friends. I'm actually in a league with a couple of Corey's brothers. Uh, Justin, Justin's brother is in a league with me, but I think this year I'm doing... I mean, as far I thought it was going to be four. It might still be five, but for, guarantee it's going to be four. And one of them, in fact, is going was the brainchild of our friend Genhardt, who we were making fun of, where <laughs> we're going to be drafting players based on the result of spinning a wheel that determines what position we have to take, and we have to take that position no matter where we're drafting. And uh, it's not for money. We're not that insane we're not gonna put, no not even like a dollar like we're not putting any money apparently Genhart has some kind of prize he didn't say he won't tell us what it is but he says that there is a prize and the winner will get it i hope it's alex trebek just just the person just <laughs> no he's not the one that does will of fortune who does will pat of sajak pa- pat sajak just, yeah. just, <laughs> just pat sajak wrapped up yeah he's gonna just in a box like a mail order bride yeah. Vanna opens it. Good fucking mail order. <laughs> that isn't a big enough of a like of a giveaway. Yeah. That Vanna White said, "Why is Vanna White here? Why is this music playing? Yeah. <laughs> why all? Why all of a sudden are we wearing fancy suits and there's a studio audience? Why are we on Wheel of Fortune? Genhart is Pat Sajak. Oh, okay. How do we so. get him in a package? You don't. Oh, okay. Unless it's never mind. It's no, we're not gonna it, <laughs> it's Pack Sajak. Pack. Sajak. Hey. Yeah, so we're going to do you're that gonna, league. And I feel, like that's, I feel like that's going to be the one where I think all of us are in it. I think all four of us are doing it. Yes. Yeah. So that'll be the a league on top of Liga, which we've talked about previously. It's a league we've been doing for like seven years. And we'll, those are probably going to be the two leagues we like recap, I guess. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. about The other before. ones we're going to, since we're all not in them exclusively, We'll kind of put those as just like, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. You and Matt do the big money league. Me and Matt do the big money league, but he probably not going to even draft his own team in that. So I don't like, right? I don't know. Yeah, and then me and Corey are in the league for uh, our Smash community. That's like which is five really people in it right now. There's only five people. Yeah, I told Josh to sign up for it, but he I don't refuses. Think... Why? Tell Matt to sign up for it. Josh. Josh only wants to be in one league. He says like one is hard enough for him to keep track of. I have a I have a work league that I I run. That's fun. Uh, one of the co-workers' name is Haha Clits and Dicks. Oh, it's, oh, it's one of those. Yep, that's <laughs> one of those. Yep, you that's know what I'm talking about. 
It's one of those. So, uh, I don't know, Corey, this is the episode you wanted to do. Yeah. So what's uh, what's some stuff you want to talk about? Hold on, what are your... Some ASR putting the straw in my Kool-Aid jammer. Y'all hear that? Ooh. Y'all hear that? Ooh. Hand me my pouch. Oh, I'm pouching. Ready? Ready? I'm pouching. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. It's coming. Oh, oh, oh fuck. The, the oh, there we go. The mic's not picking that up. Um, What are you guys' draft strategy so I can plan around it? Oh, oh, me first. I'm going to grab Derrick Henry too early again and then get burned. <laughs> okay. That's my draft strategy. <laughs> because the Texans refuse I, to use him. I'm so glad that I talked him up all last year and then everybody else took him before I could. I'm, I'm really only had one good game. Yeah. So after after all, everything that's been going on with Zeke right now, I'd say probably Saquon's probably the number one running back draft choice now, right? Like uncontested. Yeah. Right? Uh well me and Kuiper have been talking since probably April about it and like because he he wanted to know where I wanted to pick because I I, was, I came in third in my league so I got to pick the second spot of where we draft mm-hmm. and he would was refusing to let me put it off and because I wanted to see where Barkley was getting drafted and he's like you're gonna have to take one if you want Barkley I was like and then it's getting closer and now he's like contest like uncontested uncontested number one one. yeah him and McCaffrey are basically 1A 1B so basically what I was telling Corey was like if you want Saquon Barkley just go first yeah he said Zeke was in the mix but now he, he might not play we don't know. My strategy is going to be take two of the same position in the first two rounds, no matter what it is. So whatever you land on, the second round, you're just going to take the another yep. one. So if I take Kelsey in the first, because would that be funny? There's a lot of drafts with that I've been seeing. I mean, it's, he's pretty much the top three pass catcher. That is, yeah, yeah he's, but like, he, he catches more so the Tyree. whole. Matt, I don't know if Matt's going to listen to this episode, but Matt probably just heard that and screamed because <laughs> so here's here's what happened in our our off season. So obviously I've talked about it before. I like to I like to I don't know, throw wrenches in things when it comes to picking people's strategies and stuff like that. So basically what I do is based on where you finished last year, which includes a consolation uh, playoff bracket. So even if you are eliminated from playoffs, you're pushed to continue to play. Right, because you get your position. Exactly. Uh, the second place person gets to pick their spot first. And then it goes like Corey was third. We moved down from third all the way down to 12, uh, which was me last year. I finished 12th. <laughs> I did really, really bad last year. Um, what was your team last year? I took, okay, well, my team, my first round pick was Camara. Okay. So that was good. But then my second round pick was Devontae Freeman. Hmm. That sucked. Yeah. My third round pick was the wrong Minnesota Viking receiver, mm-hmm. which I had the option for both. And then I also took players like Edelman and Alshon. I think I took not Peyton Barber from the Buccaneers. I don't remember his name. He was, Ronald Jones? Yeah, I took Ronald Jones. Did the, he get hurt? No, no he, he never just, played. He was oh, just bad. He was just oh, real okay. bad. And then my quarterback was, I remember who my quarterback was. It was just basically like my team, my my strategy every single year is always the same. It never changes. It's 
take two good players and then take a whole bunch of suspended and or hurt players and suck for the first couple weeks of the year so that I get high waiver priority so that I can pull off the high waiver picks as more people get injured. And then when the original people that I had on injured reserve or suspensions come back and they start doing well, I have a really, really deep team. And then I package players together and trade them away to basically just make my team top heavy. And I just do a whole bunch of set it and forget it. Basically, that's my strategy every year. It won me two championships. Right. Yeah. But since then I haven't, I mean the last two years I finished like fourth and then last year I finished 12th. So, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But, so, the champion from last year gets to pick last. And you probably think, well, what's the advantage of going last? Well, you get to either pick the last remaining spot, which I think this year was 10th, which is odd. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Or you can move someone out of their spot and make them take that spot. And... Uh, our friend Shane, who was champion last year, primarily because of Josh Allen in Week 17. 100% because of Josh Allen in Week 17, that was basically. Nuts. He scored, like, what, 50 points? He scored, like, in the 40s. That was 40s, It was okay. insane. And he's a Bills fan, so it was even more of a, of a thing for him. It was like he won the Super Bowl. Basically, yeah. He moved into the two spot, which was originally <laughs> occupied by Matt. Who was then knocked back down to 10, who is now pretty much reserved himself that he's just going to take, he's just going to take Travis Kelsey at the 10 spot. But I want Travis Kelsey. Oh, no. <laughs> and I go eighth. Oh, no. Now, the other problem with this uh, is... That's, that's sketch, though. No, 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 no. See, but the other problem with it is that our other Chiefs <laughs> f- friend picks 11th. And I've already... Set in stone that my the, our friend Tobin, uh, who picks eleventh, is also a Chiefs fan. I have I'm picking for him. He gave me permission to draft his team, and I have explicitly said I am taking two Chiefs with those picks. So if I take Kelsey or Tyreek, I might actually kind of want Tyreek. Hmm. But uh, if I take Kelsey or Tyreek, it basically forces Matt to. Either reach on Pat or take the other chief because he's not going to get another one. And because Matt's not drafting for himself, his uncle is. If I just take Kelsey, his uncle might just be like, well, there was no value there. And Matt might just quit. (laughs) So (laughs) I told you this happened before. What was it? Oh, it was two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I don't know. I'm 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 spooking. Um, I'm giving Matt the big spook because all right. Well, so, even though he's not here. So if you take Kelsey and then Mike Dusty doesn't take a chief, Tobin's gonna go Tyreek Pat. Yeah. Damn. That's what I'm doing. That 100. percent Yeah. Like, unless Matt wow. wants, unless Matt wants Kelsey at ten. And I don't take him. I take somebody mm-hmm. else. And then Tobin gets X player X and then Pat. Right. So Matt's not getting both. If Matt wants Pat Mahomes, he's taking him in the first. Damn. So, that's, that's an interesting position to be forced into. So, uh, and Matt knew it, too. Because when Shane bumped him, he was like, 
damn it. Because I, I messaged Matt. I'm like, hey, Shane bumped you to 10. And he was like, damn it. He's like, who picks around me? And I was like, well, I think Ryan picks before you. And I was like, and Tobin picks after you. And Matt was like, not happy. <laughs> Matt was really ticked off. Uh, Actually, I'm going to try to avoid to draft most Packers players this year. I, I am, wouldn't avoid Aaron Jones. Well, I, would, now that, I would love to no. take Aaron Jones if he's available. You know, but he's going to go early. I would think. Well, probably the second round, right? Uh, he's th- late second, early third. Yeah. But you know what? That fucking dumbass coach of yours said. Hmm. We're probably going to split time between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Not again. Yeah, that's what he said. Not again. That's a direct fucking quote. Not again. Stop. Just, just did like, you? Did he watch any Packers game last? Does he know the team? Did they watch yeah. Jamal Williams well, no, he run didn't. into a wall for 2.2 yards yeah, a carry that was his repeatedly? Like well, Matt LaFleur was kind of busy coaching the Titans, so I doubt he watched... A lot of the Packers watched a lot of tape from last year. You don't know that. He should brand new offense. Why would he watch it? He'd be like, yeah, I'm not, that's not that's not my offense. I just see how players look at practice, which is of course the end all be all factor. You know what's really funny about that quote? What's really funny about that quote is what was the problem with Tennessee last year? Not running Derrick Henry. They, they gave the ball to Dion Lewis and not Derrick Henry, and then finally, at the end of the year, when they desperately needed a win, they were like, hey, let's just give the ball to Derrick Henry. And he took and he off. he had like 200. Well, granted, he had like 90 of it on one play, but he had like 200 yards rushing in against the Jaguars. Still, you still had to get 110 on his own. Aaron Jones. That That's insane. Has led the league in yards per carry two consecutive years. Yeah. He needs to. That's, be- I don't think that's happened to a player that probably nobody knows. It's so wild. He should be, he should be front and center of the run in that team. Yeah. It's, it's like. Not disputable. I don't understand why they keep disputing it. He had one nasty fumble last year, and that was it. He did have a really nasty fumble, but, but like it, it doesn't. But the what you're getting from putting him in as your like most downs back, I guess. We put him every down, but as your primary running back, what you get the the positive you're going to get out of that is out of 5. his production five yards per carry, right? It's, which is way more than an occasional fumble, which is standard for a lot of running backs. Like I just want I want to reiterate ones. that. Like not Todd Gurley, not Kamara, not McCaffrey, not Zeke, Aaron freaking Jones. Yeah, two years in a row. Two years in a row led the league in yards per carry. And they And, and that's not and they're they not even a run first team. No. It's not like he gets a lot of opportunities so he can like buff up right. the stat. It's just like he might get 16, 18 carries a game. But he makes them count. But yeah, he, he he pops off for half of what you need for a first down every time he touches the ball. So yep. how about keep and then they, him the ball? Yeah, oh. and then they send Jamal Williams out. But that's why I don't want to get him, though, is because shit like that will happen. Yep. You know, the, actually, the only the only player I want, I'm, I might even skip on Devontae Adams this year, which would be the first time, I think, in three years that I don't draft Devontae Adams. I, I want to go later and get Geronimo Allison. I like Valdez Scantling better. Yeah. yeah. I just like him better because like Ger- it, Ger- Geronimo, it, star- did, he started last year as the two. Yeah. But he then didn't when, play last year. Right, but when he got injured, he, he played, played a little like, bit. He but played then like he got games. injured and Valdez Scantling came in and he played really well too. Ro- Rodgers is just like... Scantling kind of fizzled out. But then again, like it's hard to tell from last year because Rodgers was so off. 
And he just threw the ball to Devontae a lot. Yeah, well, because Devontae's the most reliable. Because he was he That's was all true. fucked up. Every play he was having, because he, he fucked up his knee and continued to play. It's probably, I, I think they said he wasn't, like, actually really healthy until, like, week 10. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, it was really bad. You yeah. could tell. Every every Which, single play, he, he was limping around. And Were you going to say something about Valdez? No, uh, I think the team likes Valdez more. I think that they see him more as the slot two guy uh, than Geronimo Allison, as they see, like, as a straight runner mm-hmm. down the field guy. Yeah, the, you probably get uh, capability for more like long, long yardage yeah, plays. Yeah, which you know, uh, it and that could go either way because you know, like you base, you basically have the young versions of Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson, like right here. Yeah, and then you just have Devonte there too. That's kind of like absorbing from both of those. Right. He he's a big Devonte's a, a big touchdown guy. Yeah. And anything else? He's he's really consistent in the end zone, which is very nice to have on your team <laughs> so very nice so let's talk about this was going to be something we talked about that wasn't fantasy related but you can tie it into fantasy because this was this was going to be one of those sneaky things that i think a lot of people were going to kind of put in their back pocket of "Ooh, i'm going to take somebody from there and they're going to be sneaky good and they're going to win me a league so the arizona cardinals first team offense oh boy if you guys don't watch the priest and again you know, we don't take much from the preseason, but when you're when you go from the last place offense, and not just the last place offense, we're talking like a historically abysmal offense. Right. That was so bad that like it was laughable how bad they were. And you bring in a guy first of all, you had a guy in Josh Rosen that you traded up for and used a top ten pick on. You get rid of him to draft first overall. To get Kyler Murray, who's supposed to be this... He's supposed to be, like, the perfect quarterback for this offense. That's what you heard everywhere, right? He's the perfect quarterback for Cliff Kingsbury's offense because it's spread the ball. You know, know, don't hold on to it long. If the first read's not there, you can run. You know, and we even talked about, like, like they they did basically didn't address their offensive line, at least, like, a lot. But what does it matter if Kyler Murray can just outrun everybody? So that's probably the NFL, though, can he? Right. Well, despite <laughs> despite it being preseason, Kyler and Cliff Kingsbury kind of have like they have to go out there and see if this works, right. right? So the first team offense this preseason has had five drives total. They only had one in the first preseason. They only had one, but then they had four. Uh, what was it? Two nights ago. Or last night when they played the Raiders, who by the way looked actually pretty like they uh, looked okay. Yeah, two nights ago. Yeah. So here are their their first drive was a ten play thirty three yard drive with a pun. Ten plays for thirty three yards. That's like three yards a play. That's like the what Giants game was that last year where we literally watched them do fourteen plays for thirteen yards. Yeah. That's like that's crazy. That that's woefully inefficient. Yeah. Like ten play drives on average go like over 60 yards you know so that we have that so that was the first one um man it's funny because they get progressively worse so drive two was six plays 13 yards and a punt drive three was three plays minus six yards and a punt drive four was three plays minus 10 yards and a punt and drive five was three plays minus 10 yards and a safety so like so like kyler murray got tackled in the end zone (laughs) was this 
I didn't watch the game. Was it against the Raiders first team? The Raiders first team defense. Okay. At least it the, wasn't against Raiders backups, but still it's the, the Raiders, Raiders first team defense. defense. That is starting, I'm pretty sure, four rookies. My God. Now, here's what I was going to say. Now, there's two things to this. <laughs> what I was going to say, actually, before we started recording was, I a part of me wants to believe that Cliff Kingsbury's just purposely not calling good plays yeah. to throw people off. Like, oh, uh-huh, see, this doesn't work in the NFL. And then he's going to actually unleash it, whatever no. he has planned. Nah. uh uh-uh, no. That, that's that's too that's too forty chess. Part of I mean, hey man, I no, nah, I don't. So nope, that was that was part <laughs> of it. So that being said, how does this affect where you would take David Johnson? Because a lot of people, because of the the thing with Melvin Gordon and Zeke, his value's gone up. He's kind of been like catapulted in back into that like top eight, top seven selection just because yep. there's so few running backs you can rely on. Um. I see him. All right, so you he, I. I still have Zeke at four, behind you know, the big three mm-hmm. of, uh, Kamara, McCaffrey, I Barkley. I don't think it's entirely. If he does miss time, I think it'll only end up being a couple yeah. weeks. Yeah, and so, I mean, Zeke's too big of a talent to pass up. Like mm-hmm. he's still probably gonna even if he misses two games he's probably gonna lead the league in rushing yards mm-hmm. um but then you have i have deandre hopkins next after the those four running backs and then i had david johnson but now i'm leaning more towards Le'Veon bell at that spot and i might even consider chubb or connors over david johnson <laughs> I would too. I would put. I would. I think I would put both Chubb and James Conner over David Johnson. See, I don't like my my thing with Chubb has always been okay. He's just explosive. No, no, no. The Kareem Hunt thing. No, I mean, like, I don't think it happens, dude. I don't. I don't think it happens ever. Not this year. Kareem Hunt's like. I don't think it happens this year because if if, if Chubb hits that value that you want out of that pick and you, and you succeed on that. I don't think they turn off the Jets on him. Why would they? Save him for playoffs. Because if they exactly. start off, if they start off, you know, seven and one in their first nine weeks or whatever, why would you like? Why would you continue to bell cow him when you have Kareem Hunt sitting on the sideline? It's true. And you can just rotate them both in, or just make Kareem play because we all know Kareem Hunt's talented. Yeah. Like. Is yeah, sure, sure, the Browns' offensive line is like it is kind the of their weakness. It's, it, it's, is it is it the Jamal Charles thing? Do you think he comes out in Cleveland and just fucking sucks? <laughs> no, Jamal, uh, Char- Jamal Charles. He was, was hurt older. Tattered. Yeah, he was older. He was hurt. Yeah, yeah I know, but uh, I, I just want to make that meme. What, I would love that. I'm trying to because I hate. Him. All right, so you'll have it would kind of if that happens, you'd pretty much have what Adam Thielen was last year. You'd have these. This beginning of the year till close to the end of the year, you'd have this amazing wide receiver mm-hmm. that you know gets ten catches a game, whatever. And then when you need him during your fantasy playoff games, he he just doesn't show up. And there's been, I know at least one person that lost their league because you know Thielen wasn't the Thielen he was at the beginning your of the year. Your father. Yep. I well, that's two people then. 
Who was the other one? A uh, guy I work with. Oh, really? Yeah. Because our the person in Liga that had Thielen was Shane. He ultimately won. Right. But he he, had, a lot he also had McCaffrey, and he had he ended up getting he picked up Josh. He actually drafted Josh Allen, but didn't play him. But then played him late in the year when Allen like went off mm-hmm. randomly the last like five games of the year. He just had like genuinely a good team. But if you could eat the the production that Thielen dropped off, and I guess that's the same thing with Chubb, is that you have to draft Chubb with the mindset of when Kareem Hunt comes back, there could oh, very, very easily be... Like, I don't want to say a drop-off in production, but there's going to be a drop-off in the amount of touches he gets. Yep. And if the Browns are as good offensively as we think they're going to be, that means that there's going to be a lot of times when they're getting the ball in the third quarter and the fourth quarter with a lead, and they're trying to run the football. And if Kareem Hunt is in the game and not Nick Chubb, like, they're not going to throw the ball to Nick Chubb. Right. They're just going to run it. Even I'm pretty sure. I mean, Nick Chubb can catch. He can. He yeah. can't catch as good as Kareem Hunt can. No. So that's nothing you have to consider. Where you 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 might have. They might set them up as like a uh, Ingram Kamara situation. But right. that see, but that's why I wouldn't put Chubb. Chubb's still like a second round player. I wouldn't be able to put him above like a Connor or even still Dave Johnson. I don't think because you know, like Dave Johnson is. Dave Johnson hasn't been good since 2016. I remember that he missed year. all of 2017, and uh, last last year he was terrible. And last year he was last year everything on that offense. I know, was terrible. but still, you know. But how much yeah. you have to ask yourself? But you really do have to go into this. Dave Josh is such an interesting case because you have to walk into this year asking yourself how much have they actually improved? We don't know. We don't know, and that's a th- yeah. We don't know a- because their six drives have. Netted a total of negative yards and a it's, safety. It's a huge gamble. They haven't gotten past the 50-yard line. I personally won't take him. I, I will avoid him. I want to avoid Dave Johnson. I want to I want to avoid Zeke. And I and I want to avoid Melvin Gordon. My fav- This is my favorite question as as every single year. If I know there's one thing I can do in fantasy, it's not always draft the best players, but I have a... I, I think my best attribute in fantasy is avoiding the bad people. I feel like outside of last year, because I really, really wanted Ronald Jones to be good in Tampa, mm-hmm. just because I liked him in college. Yeah. Who Who are the players? Because you already kind of touched on it. Who are the players that you are just like, just not touching, like, just not taking? I'll throw Antonio Brown in that. I can't. There's until I see that he's not Antonio Brown. At like, there's going to be a moment where like his value is just too. I mean, yeah. great. If, if enough people pass on him, like even like I draft him like middle of the second round, if, I I would expect him to go by then. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't, I might be inclined to pick him. I do not want to take him early. No. Definitely not a first round pick. Um, even if I pick late, even if I pick twelfth, no. Th- uh, this year, last year, mine was Jarek McKinnon. And you were that was a big right. I was right. The sirens are on our end, not yours, guys. Sorry. Big um, right. Big right. But then this year, my Jarek McKinnon is Dalvin Cook. I no, yeah, I agree. Yep. Everybody and I I want I want to like him so bad because I love Gary Kubiak and he always makes good fantasy running backs. He does. I hate that offensive line. I hate his 
his injury history, I just I just don't believe in it. And converse not conversely, but along the same lines, I'm not really looking. I'm trying to avoid the Minnesota receivers because I still don't like that line. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that they go against. Chicago, who has a good defense, defense. Uh, Eric, or Green Bay's. It, Green Bay's got a, a really good backfield now. Yeah, it, it's on the up and up. Uh, you know, Detroit's defense should be on the up and up. It's just, you know, it's just bad situation. It's playing a lot of really good and defenses this year. Like another thing that, <clears throat> another thing that kind of gets blown under the, or kind of like pushed under the rug is like, Mike Zimmer doesn't want to throw the ball. Yeah, he wants to run the football. Which is hilarious, given the fact that he has a running back that is so inconsistent with his health. And I'm glad you brought up Gary Kubiak, because like, obviously the first thing I think of is like Arian Foster mm-hmm. when oh, he was man. in Houston. Oh, God, man. He, one of my favorite players ever. That was one of my favorite teams ever, because it was him and, and Andre Johnson. Oh, my God. So th- the thing about stretch run plays is that you kind of have to be... A sm- I, it's gonna sound really weird, but like a smooth runner, like it kind of has to look like effortless, right? Ari- a lot of people would uh, like talk about when Arian Foster would run. It kind of would look like he was gliding. He was very soft footed, right? It didn't look like forced. Dalvin Cook is a one cut up the field, hit you in the face, running back, which is why he's been hurt, and that doesn't fit. Especially with an offensive line that you mentioned, that isn't very good. So you're asking these offensive linemen to get out and run. Because when you run stretch zone, you don't have like, oh, I'm blocking this guy. You run to a spot and you block who's there. So if you're not athletic and you're not a and you're not good enough to do that, it's just gonna it's gonna implode. Like it's not going to work. So I agree with Dalvin Cook, especially. I don't want Dalvin Cook at all. I also don't want Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. I mentioned last week how bad their offensive line rankings are. And I feel like the Raiders are going to be one of those teams that John Gruden and Mark Davis want to prove to the world that the Antonio Brown trade was worth it. So they're just going to throw the ball a lot. I don't think Josh Jacobs is going to have just the workload. Right. He's like a he could be like a low end value pick. Um, I think I I think this goes without mentioning. I'm not taking a single player on the Redskins, not one. Nope, not any of them. There's none there. Not one. The Redskins don't have an offense, as nope. far as I'm concerned. You might be able to like flex their defense into your lineup every once in a while, like when they play like other bad teams. You know, because their defense will be out there a lot. Yep, because they can get sacks and maybe some interceptions. They have a couple good players. They got Ryan Kerrigan and Josh Norman, and you know they got a sweat in the draft. So they got a couple good defensive linemen. Got some good linebackers. Where did uh? Okay, he's wait. Landon Collins is a bear, or where's Land? No, he's a he's a Redskin. He's a Redskin right? now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who's, so who's a bear? Somebody's a bear. Ha ha. Ha ha's a bear. Yeah, okay. he's a bear now. Makes me sad. Yep. Um, they got rid of Adrian Amos and then brought in Haha Clinton Dix. Which is a really good move. Who at 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 a point last year, he didn't finish the year at this point, but at a point last year, 
He was the second highest graded. He safety. also went to the fucking Redskins, so I don't know. You yeah. tell me. Well, he went to the Redskins, and then his numbers plummeted. Yep. So big surprise. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I I I do it every year, and I'm trying to avoid it so much this year. But then there's players that are hard for me to avoid. Um, I always go. I always take the rookies too early. I think I take like just because of recency. You know, they're in your head. You know, you're you're thinking about okay, they'd be so good here. You know, mm-hmm. and it's. You know, you, it's what you ex- you don't get what you expect, right? Like any of the time, especially so with rookie wideouts, right? So I'm trying to avoid that this year. But then there's, you know, I see some people like David Montgomery and uh, Devin Singletary for the Bills. N- no, uh, I do like I do. I really like Devin Singletary. Well, no, I like uh, shit McCoy. I like McCoy. If he's going in like the ninth, tenth round, yeah. If you're, you could be getting RB one in the ninth, tenth round because you know that team's going to run the ball. They don't have people to throw to. You're right. He's be splitting carries with Josh Allen. Split. <laughs> <laughs> can we just? Can Josh Allen be a flex to a running back? <laughs> Come on. I just think I think Singletary's stuck behind because of. McCoy, you know, McCoy's proven if he starts out good, he's not going to they're not going to yeah, you know, take take carries away from him and then you still you still have Frank Gore between that who's going to be, you know, change pace. I totally forgot about Frank yeah. Gore. Singletary would probably be a really well, they really good TJ Yeldon too. Net. Yeah. So Ooh, that's it, a crowded backfield. Yeah. yeah I I'm I'm that's, nervous to pick any of those players. But that's why I like McCoy who's going in the ninth, 10th round. Yeah, that's really good though. Yeah, because that's great value. Can, yeah, right. You can like, really get it. If and if he doesn't work out, oh well, you lost your tenth round pick. Yeah, uh, he's your fourth running back you've taken. Eagles guy. I, I can't. Think Miles of, Sanders. Miles Sanders. I like him too. He's I do too. He's like another later I, round guy. I think he has a really good chance of like yeah, I starting. Like, I like. Yeah, I like these. Like, I think the fi- I think finally like the value is there for the rookie running backs because like last year. You had Saquon Barkley, who had an amazing year, but are you going to use your first, second round pick on a rook, on like an unproven rookie behind that Giants offensive line? Right. I was avoiding it. I love Barkley. I was avoiding Last it. Last year, you didn't want him. Right. Because you were so nervous about it. Yeah. Which, in, in the grand scheme of things, Barkley last year was a great fantasy player. The Giants still schemed him poorly, mm-hmm. but that doesn't matter well, in that, fantasy. And then during this that last stretch of games, I think we talked about it. Like uh, they're like, all right, well, he, we're throwing the ball to him like 10, 12 times a game, and it's not really working for us. So let's try something different. And they didn't throw it to him as much, mm-hmm. which I'm expecting. But even in those games, he was a great running back because right. he's still. He's still a threat to even if you throw to him like 10, 12 game, 12 times a game, which isn't going to happen. He's still a threat to get a hundred yards rushing, and he has that big playability. Every the biggest big playability out of any player since Barry Sanders. Yeah. Um, even though he's not technically a rookie, this is his first year actually being in fantasy. How are you? How do you guys feel on Darius Geis? He's hurt again. How bad? Not bad, but. I, I thought as again, far as I again, knew, he's still The thing active. about the Redskins, 
That's is, another crowded backfield. Here's the two. Here's the two things that are good about the Redskins: when they have a he- when they are healthy, which is never, but when they're healthy, their defense is good, and their offensive line is good. That's it. That's all they got. Which opens up opens up for some good running back shit. But right. You have a, you're running into another crowded backfield with him. Chris Thompson is still the top guy, I think, in Washington. Uh, AP too. AP, yeah. He's still he's AP. still running well. I don't AP. AP I'm not t- if I'm if I'm taking a single Washington Redskins player, I will take Chris Thompson as like my third or fourth running back. Just because he's the best PPR running back on the team. Yeah. Right. That's it. Okay. If I'm desperate, we haven't seen Geis. He came back from an ACL injury. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. That team is just, that team has so many other problems. And especially because, like, Dwayne Haskins this preseason hasn't looked too sharp. He had his first touchdown last night. He did have his first touchdown on a really nice deep ball. But yeah, that, that's the big thing. But that was, about him. that was like, the, a beautiful deep ball. That was the that was if you watched football, that was Ohio State's offense was throwing the deep ball. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to if you watch a player throw forty touchdowns and most of them are deep ball touchdowns, you have to expect him to be able to throw a deep. Like I need to you need to see him throw the short, the slant. You know you have to yeah. sh- have, you have to see him throw the whole route tree. I got I got one. What do you okay so. I I am an anti. What's an anti? Like if I if I don't stand for something, like what's a the sit. opposite of stand? Not no, not that with a D. Like a sit without a T. All right, so a sit. <laughs> okay, so I sit DK Metcalf. Right, yeah, same. I don't. I don't like DK Metcalf. All okay. right. They had that Seattle tweeted that stupid video of him running that go route where he did that little hopscotch move, and every DB in the NFL laughed. Literally, like they were quote tweeting it laughing. They were like, yeah, I dare you to do that in a game. Like nobody does that. No one does that stupid little hop, skip, turn your hips. No one does that. It's the NFL. Like, so we all know DK Metcalf has a route tree that consists of four things. Deep routes and screen passes. That's it. That's all he does. Right. So Tyler Lockett does the exact same thing. Yeah. Does the exact same thing. It's all he does. He runs deep routes. Yeah. He and Russell... I always do that. He and Russell Wilson combined for a perfect passer rating last year. Perfect. So... Why did they draft him? (laughs) Because they're trying to get Russell Wilson a passer rating of... 312 yeah. point so, so basically, whatever. Yeah, so basically they took a player in the draft that does the exact same thing that they already had a player who does in, it rather well. Lockett, who does it really well. The only difference is that he's bigger. That's it. It's the only difference. So my question is, why do the Seattle Seahawks think they're the Oakland Raiders of the 80s? Okay, so... But the, other, the actual question is, where do they rank to you oh Lockett like is Lockett miles ahead of DK or is it like okay Lockett's been there he has the experience yeah and we're just assuming which is a good assumption that it's going to take a while for Metcalf because he's a rookie receiver and they adjust very slowly 
to get acclimated. With the absence of Doug Baldwin last year, Wilson Wilson developed a really good connection with Lockett. I don't see that slowing down or changing. It's it's he's going to be the number one there now, and uh, we'll see how that shakes out. It'll be very interesting. I said he doesn't have the deepest route tree, so I think it's a little bit. I think it's better than Metcalf's as far as I know. I think he's like way better. Way better out tree than Metcalf. Yeah, he can run a good. He he can run an out. Right. So which Metcalf can't. Right. So. And that 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 right there, like just those things there, are going to give you a lot more value out of him. He's he's a proven proven receiver. He he was great last year. Metcalf, it's concerning, and I would avoid him like the plague. Um. So last year, Seattle. Ran the ball well over 50% of the plays. Well over. Well over. And I don't think that's a trend that's going to go down. So you're already short for targets as it is. Um, I like like Metcalf as in the fact that he's a run blocker. He's a big guy. There's not very, if any, very few defensive backs that's going to get around him if he's blocking right. And not getting called for pass interference or you know holding or anything. So if he if he's able to run block well, mm-hmm. that's just going to help the run game. And that's still having him be able to catch the deep ball from Russell Wilson, who's a top three deep ball passer in the league, mm-hmm. just helps him stay on the field even more. I, I don't think I think I definitely think he's going to start this year just because of his versatility and the run and the. Mm-hmm. Pass oh yeah, game. he'll easily start. He's he's got to be like the number two. Would you two take Lockett now. before him though? Oh yeah, easy. Yeah, easy. just from there's the familiarity there. Just it's... from uh, ADP value alone, you know, average draft position. It's funny if you go back and look at Tyler Lockett's stats from last year. I don't think he had a game where he had more than four catches. Nope. <laughs> but he had. But they were all touchdowns. But they were all touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Like like they're almost every single time he touched the ball. It was a touchdown for more than like fifty yards, or it was so. just a huge yardage play. Yeah, he caught the. Was it him or Doug Baldwin who caught the one against the Chiefs on Sunday night, which was like the prettiest ball that Russell oh, that, that was ever thrown in his life. That was Lockett. Was I that remember Lockett? that. Yeah, I remember that. I was freaking excited about my fantasy team. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm a big fan of Tyler Lockett this year. Strictly, like, kind of what Coy said from an ADP standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. You just, that's run, a player you can get later the, rounds. The Seahawks running game, and you mentioned it, they ran the ball more than anybody, and it's not like they were very... Like, the numbers that they put up are mis, misinformative because they're like, oh, they led the league in rushing last year. Well, that doesn't mean they were good at it. Right. It, it just means more. they did it a lot. Yeah, they did it more than anybody they else. They just did it a whole bunch, Yeah. right? So... That's like kind of kind of what undid them in the playoffs last year is when they played against Dallas and just all right ran it ran it all right third and long Russell you can finally throw it and then you know incompletion or whatever and then you know three and out three and out three and out just letting Russell Wilson throw it once a dr- or once every yeah. few plays like. It didn't work. You need to move on from that at some point. But it's regular. It got them to the playoffs, so they're going to stick with it. Like, oh, man, it got us to the playoffs. It's going to tire them out sooner or later. Yeah, exactly. Even though technically the Cowboys' strength is 
the middle of their defense. Yeah. Where you're running the ball into. So that's a great. Where do you like your boy Penny this year? I speaking don't. speaking of all these. I don't. I'm upset. Man, when they took him, I was like, that's lit as hell. That's awesome. I loved Rashad Penny in high, in college. It was awesome. Out of San Diego State. He was he was so good. He was so fun to watch. And he was never on TV because he played for San Diego State. But he got drafted by Seattle. And I'm like, this is so cool because he's going to play with Russell Wilson. And Russ is going to extend plays for him. He's going to catch a bunch of passes. And they're going to run the ball effectively. Not with Chris Carson for some asinine reason that Chris Carson is ahead of him. Despite the fact that I feel like every single other week, Chris Carson has some weird phantom injury that knocks him out for a drive. And then he ends up on an injury report. And then he doesn't play. Or he plays half the game. Or whatever. And it makes me mad. And I want Rashad Penny to get traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know why I picked Tampa. But I picked Tampa. Why would you wish somebody that... Because uh, Bruce Arians will find a way to give him the ball. I guess they have a really good practice facility. Tampa? Yeah. I would hope so. It's really nice down it's, there. It, they say it rivals Alabama Crimson Tide's <laughs> practice facility. I don't. I, yeah, Alabama Crimson Tide practice facility is probably... It's immaculate. Yeah, it's probably the best in the world. Damn. So, cool. All right. my... And again, we're trying to tie in like things that are happening outside of fantasy into fantasy. Andrew Luck has some phantom, very vague, not overly detailed injury to his calf. Reportedly, it is very uncomfortable for him to play. And it sounds an awful lot like you made the comparison. Sounds an awful lot like what Eric Berry was complaining about before he blew his Achilles out because he had a bone spur. Same thing with the Richard Sherman, the one year. He was like... If you talk, you talk to Richard Sherman like throughout the year, before it happened, he was like, "Yeah, my my Achilles feeling weird. It's gonna pop soon." Like he was just that blunt about it. Like he was just like, "It's gonna happen. I don't know when." Like it's just a bomb waiting to go off. Mm-hmm. And whoever let him say that, like, probably deserves to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't contain him. So. You just say it anyway. How worried are you about Andrew Luck's health, and how does that affect where you would take certain Colts? Because we all know if Andrew Luck goes down, like the team sinks. Yeah, like that team that goes. Ship sinks. That team's gonna go as he goes. Ty, the one year without, well, with a, the half year Andrew yeah. Luck when he had the Andrew Luck had the ruptured kidney. Mm-hmm. Ty led the league in. Receiving yards. Mm-hmm. So he'll probably be fine. Well, they're going to feed him. Yeah. They have to. They don't have any choice after that. Yeah. They don't have the versatility at that position yet. At least we don't know yet. Because Paris Campbell, we don't know yet. Paris Campbell is the same thing as T.Y. Holden. Which makes me so mad. I don't understand why teams do that. Depth. At, <laughs> so they have an identity after their star player goes a, down. You need a wide receiver two on that fucking team. They need to complement like each other. That's the point. They needed another receiver. And you don't have depth. That's why Juju yeah. and Antonio worked, because they're not the same player. That's why a lot of people are like, oh, man, it's just going to be the exact same thing with Antonio. No, that's not. They're different players. Juju is not as fast. 
He is not as quick. He is much more strong and physical and better at going up to get jump balls than Antonio is. It's totally different, which makes me mad when teams like the Seahawks go be like, man, we have a guy in Tyler Lockett who's real good at running deep routes. Let's draft a guy who's, running, who's real good at running deep routes and play them both at the same time. What's safety going to do? I don't know. Can only go to one side of the field. Right. There's no, there's not two safeties on the field. Ever. There's only ever one safety. Well, then you have to play that other safety up in the box for what the running back that you use 60% of the time. I'll tell you, uh, I wouldn't... I actually would not at all consider putting the Colts defense in if luck went down. Oh, if he goes enough. down? Yeah. If yeah, if, if the Colts defense, if, if Luck plays, the Colts defense are like a sneaky, yeah, like, like flex, not flex, but like a sneaky stream, stream defense you could put in yeah, because you get to play against the Tennessee Titans and Jacksonville Jaguars offense, right? And the Houston Texans sometimes. Houston's gonna put up put up points, not with anyone else other than DeAndre. That's all you need. <laughs> Apparently, not with anybody else. Like, Will Fuller, by week five, will be hurt after... Okay, so here's here's going to be the timeline for Will Fuller this year. I'll, I'll lay it out right now. You ready for this? Week three. I'm sorry, week one. He's going to have three catches for 113 yards and three touchdowns. Because <laughs> the only time Deshaun Watson ever throws to Will Fuller... It's just for touchdowns. That's it. Wasn't that wasn't that the stat last year or the yeah. year before? Like literally, he had like four catches for four touchdowns. Yeah. So week two, he's gonna have two catches for eighty yards and two touchdowns. Week three, he's gonna have five catches for thirty yards, but five touchdowns. <laughs> he's gonna. Will Fuller's gonna be on pace to get like forty touchdowns, and then in week four, he's gonna blow his. ACL out again for the fourth time in his career. For the fourth time in his career, and that's gonna be it. That'll be the end of Will Fuller. And then Kiki QT will come in and catch two passes a game. One of them will be really, one of them will be really like fancy looking, and people are like, wow, is Kiki QT the next like compliment to DeAndre? No, no, not really. <laughs> you could throw the just throw the ball to DeAndre, and anything within arm's reach, he's gonna catch it anyway. So just it doesn't matter how many people you put on him. Just put it in a place where the defender isn't standing. Like throw it down at his shins. They're <laughs> they should just have the center get replaced for a long snapper on Houston. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, to, just just to give Watson time a more buffer to throw. So the, yeah, so he's not getting hit when he's. 15 yards back from the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Because he's got the arm strength anyway. Yeah. He's going to have to throw it. He sacked 61 times He's going to have to throw it 20 yards for a five-yard completion. You know something funny? Because this is going to be, and this was the other thing, transitioning from quarterback to quarterback. So Dak Prescott, again, a little bit outside of fantasy, Dak Prescott reportedly turned down a $30 million contract because he wants $40 million a year. Why? Because he wins a lot. Because that's a quarterback stat. Not because of him. It's a pitcher stat. Listen, wins are quarterback stats, confirmed by Jimmy Garoppolo. Because, <laughs> man, there was nothing else impressive about what he did other than the fact that he won. That was it. What, when he came in? Yeah! 
yeah. was a lot more impressive than just the. I wins. mean, he played okay. Have you seen him since that year? No, because he got killed. Yeah, he played three games last year. It was very average. He was not that great. He was very okay. I don't. I don't think he's gonna be like the second coming or anything. But like, he did some impressive shit. You can't front the, that against him. I'm not. But anyway, Dak Prescott wants forty million dollars a year because he's crazy. And if I'm Jerry Jones, I am purposely keeping Ezekiel Elliott away for this year because I want Dak Prescott to be awful and I want our team to go 5-11 and 11 so Dak will take $18 million a year because that's what he's worth. Whatever. No, you know what Dak's worth? He's worth whatever the highest paid backup quarterback is getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. So Nick Foles. Yeah. Well, he's a starting quarterback. No, no, no. No, he's not. He's still a backup no, quarterback. No, he's not. He's a backup quarterback playing quarterback for the Jaguars. You ready for this playoff game, Portals? Man, the year went pretty by pretty fast. I only thought it was week two. It's, pl- it's playoff week two, baby. Yeah, playoff week two. Playoffs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's his dick hitting the table. Yeah, it is. You gotta wake. You gotta wake Nick up and let him know it's the playoffs. You have to wake him up when September ends. Aww. Aww. It's not September yet. But yeah, Dak Prescott's not worth $40 million. <laughs> That's absolutely asinine. Yep. Wake me up when December ends. December? That's when the playoffs. Oh, okay. I like that's that. When, that's when the the uh, the dick on the big, big dick, dick, Nick, Nick, comes on out. It... it <laughs> Unretracts from inside of his body. It's it just it fucking hulks out, dude. <laughs> Ew! It's like the Stranger Thing, Stranger Things season three monster, and it just kind of like seeps out of his body. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched Stranger Things. <laughs> just season made three. out of all the souls from the people it's crushed. <laughs> I love it. That's so funny. Now, so. The Cowboys, Dak Prescott wants $40 million. is really funny, and you shouldn't get it. Just give that money to Zeke. Get, <laughs> that would be hilarious. If they I mean, just, like, just give him what the three years, $40 million that Dak wants, and yeah. then you'll get the, the three good years of Zeke that's left, mm-hmm. and then Zeke will ride out his career being the next Frank Gore. So, I would not be surprised. Fun, something I learned... The other a couple weeks, a couple, I don't know, whenever I was doing a bunch of research on the Cowboys from last year, and I'm pretty sure this is right. So Dak Prescott actually got sacked quite a bit last year, but a lot of the sacks were attributed to him holding onto the ball too long, not that the protection wasn't very good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, because he can't make a fucking read? Yeah. Yeah. So um, whenever... If the Cowboys took a sack at any point in a drive, at any point, remember how my whole mantra of like sacks on first down don't matter, and the Pittsburgh Steelers prove that like every week. Because in the last three years, you know who leads the league in sacks last three years? Hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. You want to know what doesn't matter? Sacks from the Pittsburgh Steelers because they all happen on first down and it doesn't matter. Yep. That's what. It, that's and then what they matters play. De- and then they play prevent on second and third down and they give up. 18 yards on two plays. But anyway, I hate Artie Burns. <laughs> um, and our safeties. But anyway, I digress. If the Dallas Cowboys, or I should say, if Dak Prescott was sacked at any point in an offensive possession, they never scored a touchdown. 
every single drive in which Dak Prescott got sacked either ended in a field goal, a punt, or a turnover. They never scored a touchdown. It did. It like think about that. It doesn't like if they were at the three yard line and Dak Prescott got sacked, they didn't score a touchdown, despite it probably being at the ten. God. So basically, if you get a sack on Dak Prescott, drives over. Does he get tilted or something? Drives over. I don't know. No, because what happens is that they get sacked, and then Scott Linehan is like, "Hey, all right, time to give the ball to Zeke." And to give a ball to Zeke two straight times for six yards, and it's fourth down and four. Like, all right, guys, we'll get him next time. Get out there and punt. We got got to shore up our protection. Give the ball to Zeke. Yeah, give the ball to Zeke. Got to give the ball to Zeke. That's what we got to do. Why didn't you do it on first down? Got got to get Dak in in a rhythm. Dak's not getting in the rhythm when he's getting sacked. Can we give the ball to Zeke? <laughs> like that's yeah, that's the Cowboys' offense. Well, why don't we get Zeke into a rhythm? Zeke always in a rhythm. He the best man. He doing great. We gonna pay him a whole lot of money next year. He the best running back in football. They gotta pay him a whole lot of money like now. Apparently, that's so he's not even gonna get the money for two years. That's so dumb. It's so weird. He basically wants a contract so that next year he could just like eat a bunch of donuts. This is and get fat and get hurt, and then all of his money just he just gets it. It's basically what Zeke's trying to do. This is the best shape he's ever been in. It's his lowest weight yes. since college, two twenty. Yep, looks great. So what happens when can't you- wait till I'm forced to draft him and then he sits out all year. That's all right. So don't overlearn from last year. Don't go, oh, I took Le'Veon Bell last year and he didn't play a single game because he was holding out. So I guess I, you know, I'm not going to touch Zeke. I'm not going to take Melvin Gordon. If it's the 10th pick and Zeke's on the board, you're going to fucking take Zeke. Take him. If it's the fourth round and Melvin Gordon is still there, take him. You're going to take Melvin Gordon. Because you have have the great chance of. Are you talking to me? I'm talking to any everybody. everybody. This is like, a PSA. Because I was going to do that. I was just going to take Zeke and Melvin Gordon with my first two picks. Because that's and part of your strategy. Gonna, and they're both going to come back week one, and I'm going to win. Well, you can wait until round three to take Melvin Gordon. Cause, yeah, because I have Zeke and Melvin yeah, Gordon. Yeah, he's dropped to like 40-something yeah. Yeah. average pick. I think it's because a lot of people... Well, because See, he's that, more, I think he's more adamant, and the Chargers are less inclined to pay him. That, and I think also people are being smart, and they're doing their research, and they know that the the Chargers are notoriously stingy. Yeah. Is and they're, notoriously, they're like, they don't budge. Ever. So, like... That's why it took so long uh, for Bosa to get signed to a guaranteed rookie contract. The Chargers yeah. GM was on the herd today. Was he? Yes. How'd that and go? Then, uh, so, Colin Cowherd asked him... How far along they are in the Melvin Gordon talks? He was just, he was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, yeah, they're nowhere. We're, that is going well, nowhere fast. They said that there's ten million dollars on the table for Melvin Gordon, and that's it. Like, that's it. He's not. He's fucking. Which is like, he's to get traded. Which is what. Sounds like what Kuiper would do if he managed a team of running backs. Really? Yeah. I, well, I would do that. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It sounds like See, what but you my, would do. the thing about me is is that I would never give a running back the grounds to want more than that because I wouldn't give him more than X amount of carries that would warrant the amount of money that he would get. Now that being so I said, would just I would just like low cut all my running backs. Like how many cut touches have you had this year? 150? Okay, well you're not getting any more. So you can't ask me for any more money. You'd even do you so you just put everybody on a pitch count? Yeah. So what what happens when you put Aaron Jones on a pitch count and he still leads the league and Yards per carry is 100-plus yards a game. Well, yeah, that's why when I am when I throw the ball on first down and it's second down and six, that's when I put Aaron Jones in for a five-yard run, and then I have third down and one, and then he goes out, and then I make Aaron sneak it. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, if I ever ran a team, I would basically do the exact same thing the Eagles did, which was like, we're just going to get a whole bunch of running backs that are all remedial talents and just cycle them. So that none of them can hold us hostage with their contracts. Because running back contracts are cancerous. And they're landmines. So no thank you. We're going to pay our left tackle. We're going to pay our center. We're going to pay our D-linemen. We're going to pay our quarterback. And that's it. That's all we're going to pay. Because everyone else is expendable. That's why the Eagles are good. Quarterback's expendable. Well, for them, maybe. As long as it's the playoffs. Nick Foles was not very good the year they won the Super Bowl in the games he started. In the regular season. They basically won games. But they still won because quarterbacks expendable. For the Eagles, yeah. Like, if you if, if it had not been Nick Foles, that they would have not won. Like, take any other backup quarterback in the NFL and throw him on the Eagles against the Patriots. Like, they're not going to win. Nick Foles is actually, like, probably one of the most... He's probably the only backup in the NFL that could warrant being a starter outside of Dak Prescott. Like, when you really think about it, like, Nick Foles is the only starting quarterback. I should say, Nick Foles last year was the only backup quarterback that had actually played an entire season and actually done well when he started the full year and made the playoffs. So, like, I joke that Nick Foles isn't good. He's average. So, like, but if you took, like, Deshaun Kaiser, or if you took, like, Tyrod Taylor, or if you took Derek Anderson, or... Sam Bradford and put him on the Eagles in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, they don't win. No, Nick Foles is still better than that. Yeah. He's still a backup quarterback. Yes. <laughs> but he's like a top tier backup quarterback. He's an A plus backup quarterback. Dak Prescott is an S rank backup quarterback. <laughs> did, did Chip Kelly trade for Sam Bradford? Or did Chip Kelly trade Sam Bradford? He traded. I'm, I'm trying to think of this he timeline. Sam Bradford and got Nick. No, he. It was a three way trade, wasn't it? It was kind of. It was a three way trade. It, it, he went from. Was it? He inherited Mike Vick. Right. Then he had he had Nick Foles on the roster. Yes. Which was an Andy Reid guy. I'm pretty sure. Yes. And then he, Nick Foles went to the Rams at some point. Mm-hmm. And they and Sam Bradford went to Minnesota. Yes. And then the Eagles traded for Sam Bradford when they got Teddy Bridgewater. I thought Sam Bradford ended up on Arizona. Yeah, that's where he's ended, ended his career. Yeah. Thank God. Thank <laughs> God that's over. Because his he had such a degenerative knee disease. And then Case Keenum just kind of like absorbs Sam Bradford's energy mm-hmm. and is now Sam Bradford again. 
who is who <laughs> literally is, I, this is so com- this is so confusing to me just because the eagles <laughs> always straight because then I, I know case keenum and nick Foles were on the same team at the same time mm-hmm. and then case keenum and nick Foles. nick full well they went to separate teams because case keenum went to the vikings the, the vikings which is where sam bradford was yeah. The year the Sam Bradford got hurt and then Case Keenum came in and was just as good as Sam Bradford and they went to the playoffs and fucking Okay. We're we're not gonna talk about <laughs> But then he went Mike Zimmer was like, You're a fucking backup quarterback, so Case Keenum was like, Whatever, I'm gonna go get starter money from who is it? Denver. Denver, like fucking John Elway is going to give me starter money for no reason. And then John Elway was like, fuck, that was a mistake. And then trades him to Washington, who's like, we'd literally take anybody. (laughs) We'll take anyone. We're going to go get Joe Flacco. We need to map out. This is like starting from Nick Foles throwing seven touchdowns in one game led to the worst quarterback shuffle. Between he, Casey Keenum, and Sam Bradford. Ever. Yeah. The three of them the three of them are like conjoined forever. And Foles being the best out of the three, by the way. Not sometimes. Sometimes. He was fucking terrible on the Rams. He's the only one with the Super Bowl. Was that Jeff Fisher's yes. problem though? The, I mean, yeah, that entire team was Jeff Fisher's did you problem. See the, did you see the interview that he did on the herd? No. Oh my god. Like see, I love Colin. The problem with Colin is Colin values having guests on the show because he likes having guests on the show. So he doesn't really ask the questions as cold cut and straight to the point as he should because he would rather them want to come back versus never want to come back. Or want other people to come on. Exactly. So he basically asks a question to Jeff Fisher about why they struggled when he was there and why Sean McVay took over and they were really good. But the way he worded it was like, oh, is it because like you're a defensive guy and the league was transitioning more to an offensive thing and whatever? And Jeff Fisher basically just gives it. It's like, we drafted all those guys. He's like, I knew they were good. He's like, we drafted. I drafted Goff. I drafted Gurley. I drafted Aaron Donald. Like, I took all those guys. We took Brockers. Like, basically just saying, like, oh, yeah, I took those guys. So he, you're saying that Sean McVay's a, a Tomlin? I don't know. And then he proceeded to say, like, oh, you know, we brought Jared Goff along slow, you know, because we, we knew he was good, but we didn't want to throw him out there. He needed to bring on, you know, he needed to come about at a slow pace, and then McVay took over, and, you know, he's done a great job with him. Like, no, you're just a shit coach. Yeah. You're just not good at your job. I, do, I don't understand. <laughs> like, Tom Cable is an offensive line coach. If you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to the episode from last week. There are coaches in the NFL that have jobs solely because of their name and that they've been around forever. That's the only reason why. It's not because they're good at what they do. Yeah, like Bill Belichick. That is the opposite of what I'm talking about. Tom Brady made that, man. He was nothing in Cleveland. Well, <laughs> nothing's been anything until now in Cleveland. So, what was yeah, that thing much. that was on our school secretary's desk? Like, everybody wanted somebody to do the thing that didn't 
that anybody could do, but nobody did it. So now everybody's mad at somebody because nobody did what somebody could have done. Yeah, something like that. Jesus Christ, what what a bunch of word salad that yeah. was. It was on a... I can't believe you remembered that. <laughs> I don't think that's what it was, but that was basically no, it was, the gist. It was basically like a little short story. Like this, there was a person named Nobody, and Nobody didn't want to do anything, and anybody could have done it, and blah, 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 and basically what Corey said. Yeah. The end of the day is that... You gotta be somebody to screw, be anybody. Screw Jeff Fisher, man. Yeah, yeah, there is. He's the reason why Todd Gurley's hurt. So... He injected him with arthritis. Yeah. He gave him the he gave him the, the the thick arthritis juice. Yeah, boiled it up on a on a in, you know in a pot with some uh, and lathered it on his knee. Jeff, ginger, some Jeff nails. Fish, Jeff Fisher melts steel knees. Jeff Fisher melts steel knees. Very good, very good. We got, our, we got our title. There we go. So I want to pull this back to the Melvin Gordon thing real quick, just for one question. Sure. How much do you think if, if Melvin Gordon continues to hold out, which by the looks of it, it's not looking good? How where does Austin Eckler's value go? I don't think it not personally. Hi- I don't think it goes any higher. It doesn't go. Well, no, no, no. It goes higher if you take Gordon. Yes. Like if you don't take Melvin Gordon, you don't give a rat's ass about Austin Eckler. You just avoid the Chargers running backs. But right. if you take Melvin Gordon in the third or fourth, and he's holding out, then you say, okay, well. Here's I'll tell you this. If I take Melvin Gordon in the third round in any draft I'm in, I'm taking Austin Eckler in the fourth. Because you have to. You can't not do that. Right. Because you're basically... And that's why it's so dangerous to do it. Because you're basically using two spots for one guy. That's the same thing with... If you take Todd Gurley, like... You, you have, have to, to take t- Henderson. Yeah. Which, I mean... I'm one of those people that... Will, take any shares of LA's backfield because I know even if Todd Gurley's on a pitch count he's going to produce like CJ Anderson produced yep uh, I know Henderson's probably going to produce yeah so Todd Todd I'm um, Todd McShay uh Sean McVay's offense is built around productive running backs like, you're going to produce... It's kind of like an Andy Reid offense. Right. Where you're going to produce as a running back in that offense just by its structure and its scheming. Yeah, how do you feel about... Uh, I, this is probably the last one we're going to do. How do you feel about... Uh-oh. Chiefs guy. Oh, Damian Williams? Yeah. He's a, he's a running back in, in, in that offense. Here's my thing. He's going to do well. I don't know if it affects Damien a lot, but I know, and and the evidence is there, when Kareem Hunt got hurt and was gone, or not hurt, whatever happened to him, suspended. When he hurt somebody else. When he hurt someone else. He got cut. But when he got cut, right. all of Pat Mahomes' numbers went down. All of them. His yards per attempt went down, his touchdowns per game went down, his yards per game went down, his completion percentage went down. Everything went down. Everything. Now, he still was putting up <laughs> good numbers, but, like, it's it's one of those things that, like, you didn't notice it in the Chiefs' box score at the end of the game that Kareem Hunt wasn't there, but you noticed it from Pat's game, like, Pat's play, that Will- Williams is just not the talent Hunt is. Yeah. So, like, in the one-on-one situations where 
Hunt's going to succeed once the ball is in Hunt's hands. Harris. Williams is a different player. So, like, he's... A lot of people are high on him simply because he's in the Chiefs offense. I'm kind of... I know I joked earlier about taking Travis Kelsey. The Chiefs offense is going to be one of those things this year where it's going to be mostly feast and famine because I feel like a lot of teams are going to do what the a lot of teams are going to try to do what the Patriots did last year both times yeah which was we're going to we're going to pick we can't do both I mean the Patriots kind of did both in the playoff game but teams are going to be like we're going to take one of these people away we're going to take Tyreek away or we're going to take Kelsey away or we're going to take Harris away they're going to take one of them away McCole Hardman whatever it is and you kind of have to play almost like Russian roulette with Chiefs offensive players in a sense because like the games that Kelsey goes off he puts up like 25 yeah but you also have those games where he has three catches for 20 something yards exactly you have games where Tyreek has 40 points like the game against the Rams and then you have weeks where Tyreek has Two catches for 18 yards. And he has an end around for eight. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only real consistent person on the Chiefs is Pat. That's it. Because Pat's just absurdly talented. So I guess with Williams, it's kind of one of those things like you have two juxtaposing forces of like, he's not everybody, he's not as talented as Hunt. No, we know that. He didn't produce as well as Hunt when he was in the game for Hunt. He couldn't crack a backfield of Jonas Gray and whoever else in Miami. Right. So we're basically relying on Andy Reid, who is the running back guru, basically, along with Sean McVay and Sean Payton, in a sense. Those are the top three. And we're kind of just hoping that, like, okay, maybe he, he works out. But Matt has has even said that they're not even necessarily sure if Williams is going to be getting all the carries because they want to use Carlos Hyde. Because he's a bigger, stronger back. And he can pass block. So, like, I don't know. I don't really want Damian Williams. Me neither. So. I might be, uh. I'm going to talk about actual draft strategy, not just me memeing. I think it's I think it's going to be a lot more beneficial to target higher value running backs early. Uh, especially looking into this year, uh, with, with a lot more teams getting a little better, there's a lot more, uh. There's a lot more receiver depth. There's always I been think, more receiver depth. I think, like, no, like, vastly more this year. I think you can still... There's a lot of, like, starting receiver talent that you can get in, like, fifth round. Sixth round. Well, I mean, depending upon, like, like in Corey's sense, like, where you value, like, the Minnesota receivers. Stefan Diggs is a wide-out one based yeah. on the production he puts up. But because of the way the offense flows and because of the... Way his he is he in and out each week. Yeah, he's in and out. Yeah, he's a wide receiver one, but you're not gonna spend a top three pick on him. Right. I mean you might spend I guess it depends. You're not gonna spend a top two pick on in, him in, in like, any sense. In like the fourth and fifth rounds, you can get players You can get T Y. You can in get, the third and fourth round. You can yeah. get like yeah, T Y, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Lockett. I was Robbie I was, Anderson. I was look- whose value has gone up. I would say since so, Jameson Crowder. I was I yeah. was looking at all those receivers: the Tyler Boyd, Tyler Lockett, and T.Y. Hilton. And I was like, this is this is a team. 
Like this is a team name. <laughs> tie tie tie. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> tie in the Tasmanian ties. Damn. There you go. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, there's so much. Um, yeah, my draft strategy is, I, I'm, I'm picking 11th in a lot of leagues. Well, the two leagues that I know where I'm picking, and then I'm picking one in the other one. And the one, the one that I'm picking one is the one that I've been focusing more on. I've done like 14 mock drafts in the past week mm-hmm. of just that one alone and i really at first i really wanted to go i i'm going barkley that's the consistent in all of this and yeah. at the one and then i want to go i at first i wanted to do kittle and i played around with maybe kittle Ertz, just doubling up on tight end if it's there that's so sick i know this but, year this year i feel like it's so sick yeah. that'd be such a good but then I, I don't. Then at that point, if I go, if I do take the tight end at that turnaround, I have to take a wide receiver mm-hmm. one, and then I don't get that second running back until later, mm-hmm. which I don't like. So it's turned into me getting Barkley, and then I have to get a top wide out, which I do like the wideouts there. I like one in particular, and then I have to do another running back or take, if there's two of the top wideouts there, I can do that. But it's just, like, I wanted to do Kittle there, and I just can't do it. A lot of the drafts, I pick eighth in the two leagues I know. I pick eighth. One of them is a 10-man, the other is a 12-man. So the difference between waiting four picks and waiting eight is kind of a big deal. Right. My eighth overall pick has been pretty consistent, but with the whole Melvin Gordon, Ezekiel Elliott thing, I might have to rethink it. My second and third round picks have varied between this idea of I want to fill my entire starting lineup with just two running backs, two receivers, and a tight end in my first five picks. And also doing the opposite, which is I'm just going to take, I'm just going to prioritize like one position. Like I'll get like two running backs and my flex will be a running back. And then I'll take a tight end. Oh, oh, wide receiver zero. Wide receiver zero. Yeah. Like wide receiver zero strategies or running back zero strategies. And then overly prioritizing a quarterback for one of the people I'm taking. So like just to get the double points, the exactly. double dip. So in an instance, say for example in the 3rd round I'm picking up somebody like like a Tyler Boyd, right? I'm waiting until like the 3rd to last round and I'm taking Andy Dalton. Now that sucks cuz Andy Dalton's my quarterback, but with AJ Green being hurt, I'm like okay, like the only person he's going to throw the ball to is Tyler Boyd. Mm-hmm. Or a situation like Tyler Lockett. I'm taking him in like the fourth. So in the fifth, right around the corner, I take Russell Wilson. If, it's, he, if, you, got, if you got Hopkins, would you take uh, would you take Watson in the third, fourth? I'd probably have to. I, I wouldn't. The two of them are basically all. I saw a thing last year. Deshaun, like Wat- Deshaun Watson of- scored like 20 points per game last year. The 17th, or no, I'm sorry, the 
fourth rated quarterback last year scored 17. Yeah. Quarterbacks are not important in fantasy. No. No, they are not. I won. Take them late. I won a two quarterback league last year. Guess who my starting quarterbacks were? Kirk Cousins. No. Oh. Were they? I mean, I don't. I'm. I'm assuming you didn't spend high picks on them. I want to say, let's see. Now he was hurt. Hmm. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Marcus Mariota. One was hurt towards the end of the year. Marcus Mariota. My starting quarterbacks were Derek Carr, Andy Dalton until he got hurt, and then it was and then it was Sam Darnold. Quarterbacks. Quarterbacks aren't important. Yeah, quarterback is a position you want to get at least. You should get your kicker defense before you get a quarterback. I completely. I don't agree with that. I think you can get a quarterback. I think you can safely get a quarterback in the middle, and it will propel you just fine. You need having receiver running back depth is the literally the most important thing in fantasy. You need to have it. The reason why people don't understand this is because they think, well, why wouldn't I want Pat Mahomes over Ben Roethlisberger? I said, well, yeah, you and would. I, and I said, you would. The difference is, is that the gap between how many points Pat's going to score on an average basis. We're not talking week to week because we all know there are weeks where. One of them can score 40 and the other can score 8. We know that. But on a week-to-week basis, on an average basis, the amount of points that Pat Mahomes is going to score versus the amount of points Ben Roethlisberger is going to score is so ridiculously like small compared to the amount of points that an Ezekiel Elliott is going to score over Darius Geist. Do you know what I mean? Like It's so massive. It's laughable. Your your running back one's gonna average more than your quarterback on on almost any week, right? Unless you get the Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck if healthy. Yeah, Breeze occasionally when he's playing a bad defense and he just throws the ball to Michael Thomas sixteen times, or the week where. Uh, Philip Rivers threw the ball to Keenan Allen 16 times and a half. Let me put it to you this way. So, by the way, Keenan Allen's hurt. Yeah, high ankle sprain. Yep. There's like six. Sorry, it's five. I'm sorry, it is six. Rounds, round picking difference between Patrick Mahomes and Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. And so that's six rounds. Right, six rounds. So if you take, let's, so let's, let's, Pat Mahomes averages in the second round, right? Yeah. So let's take another good player from the second round. Let's take, like, Keenan Allen. Okay. Right? And then you dip six rounds worth of receivers after Keenan Allen, and you're looking at, like, let's see, um, Dante Moncrief. And uh, uh, I saw a strategy today that you might Marvin Jones like Jr. If, yeah. you don't get, if you don't get Juju. I don't know if you're targeting Juju or not. People are going late rounds. They're taking Moncrief and Washington just so they get that second guy. I don't think either of them are going to be the second guy. Oh, you don't? No. As far as who gets the most targets on the team? Yeah. I don't think either of them are going to be. You think it's going to be Vance? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ben loves throwing the ball to him. It doesn't matter. Like, don't... don't Here's the thing people have to understand. When it comes to the Steelers, it's not about what is the most efficient. It's about who Ben likes to throw the ball to. Because he's going to throw the ball to whoever he likes. 
It's kind of because it's his offense. The offensive coordinator is his quarterback coach. So he listens to anything Ben says. So Ben wants to throw the ball to Vance McDonald eight times a game. He's going to throw the ball to Vance McDonald eight times a game. So I would take Vance before I took either of them. If I was a, if I was interested in that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like sneaky tight end picks this year that I feel like. Because I've never valued there, tight end very high. There's a pocket that I like. I have one too that yeah. I haven't mentioned. Yeah, mine's... I have to get one that what is it the fourth fifth mm-hmm. turnaround like my my brother's one of those people that he he's convinced himself that he can't not have one of the top four tight ends he's like I he's like I need it he's like I need he's like it's, I can't stand looking at that spot and seeing like eight points every I week. it it helps a lot because if you get especially if you get one of the top three I mean you know you're there's like. 10 games of the year, you're going to be outscoring somebody in one position. There, there's such a huge cliff b- between the top four tight ends and then everybody else. And it's it's a little bit easier to go looking for like receivers and some running backs. And that's why the double tight end thing is outside of the year where our friend Genhart did it with Jimmy Graham and Rob Gronkowski Which was insane, and he won. Because, yeah, he didn't win just because of that. He had also had Demarco Murray, who had the eighteen hundred yards. Yeah, season. he had eighteen hundred yards. But like we all know that like you can't just have one good player. Like you need to have a good team. But he did the whole Rob Gronkowski, Jimmy Graham thing. And the reason why I think this year is another good year for it is because, like you said, or like what you said, if you have one of the top three, if you have Ebron, not Ebron. Ertz, I guess Ebron could be up there, but uh, he's he's like not with Jack tier. Doyle coming back. He, he's a second tier uh, with Ertz, Kittle, and Kelsey. If you have one of those three guys, you're going on ten to twelve weeks of the year. You're going to outscore the other person at that position. But if you have both, there's going to be like maybe eight weeks where you're outscoring them at tight end and at flex because they score more points than most flex people do. Yeah, because your flex is going to be your third best running back or your third best receiver. But if you have two of the top tight ends, you're going to be putting it. You're you're guaranteed to score more points than two of the other players on your the team you're going up against. Yeah, it's not a bad strategy at all. And it's going to be, but by double digits. But the only on thing, parts. only problem with that is you're punting earlier on either your second running back, second wide right. out, and or that's even where first you make wide the sacrifice. out. Yeah, you have to make a sacrifice there, and you have to play. You have to play if you're doing that. You almost you have, have to end up playing waiver more efficiently. Yeah, you have to have you have to have the more guaranteed guys. There is right. one, and I'm not gonna say there is one of those top three that I feel like is going to finish much lower than people think, and I don't want to say who it is, but I think there's one of them. Not because he's not gonna be good. He's not gonna be as good. Just because. Of certain things going on on the offense, I feel like there will be one of those top three that someone's going to take in the like the top three, top four rounds, and they're gonna be like, man, like I took him. He's supposed to be one of the best tight ends in the league, and he's like average. Yeah, Kittle. It's gonna be one of those. So I'm not saying you, who it is. You could you you can make a case for any of them, really. I I can't see that like you have Ertz or Kelsey. You have. Or just to one of the I think the more the least likely one would be Kelsey, just because 
you know, it's a proven offense where he's been proven, you know, for years and years. But you can also make the case like, all right, there's a lot of mouths to feed. This is Pat Mahomes' second year. He might not just be throwing prayers to Kelsey as much he, now that he has a more understanding of the offense and how defenses work in the NFL. You have uh, Kittle, who made 800 yards after the catch last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's almost unheard of. Like, and to replicate it, that'd be insane. You have Ertz, who is one of the many mouths to feed on the Philadelphia offense, especially since you might have like a good running game for the first time in how long? Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. All right. I got to go. Yeah, with that, we're going to wrap it all up. So we're going to wrap this up like pretty abruptly, but we got to get out of here. Hope you all enjoyed the fantasy episode. If you'd like to hear more from us, make sure you hit us up. Go ahead, like, subscribe, do the jam. I'm begging you to sub to our fucking podcast. There's going to be special surprises. Yep, there's going to be an announcement in the deep cut. That Justin's going to make. And if you don't know what the deep cut is, that means you don't pay us to listen and we don't care about you. Yep, go to patreon.com slash FADPOD. And if you subscribe, even at the $1 tier this week, I will put my announcement up on there along with the special thing that's coming up. I'll talk about it on there. Special, special. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash FADPOD, where we are getting more consistent with the updates as the season approaches. Corey does a really good job with posting stuff up there. He's our social media. On occasion, occasion, occasion. Me and Justin just kind of peruse. Fuck off, off, Yeah, we just kind of, yeah. That's kind of what we do. God, I wish I could just fuck off. (laughs) Off, off, off. All right, guys. Bye. Ah! Look at that nice Uh, break of sound. uh, Jesus uh, Christ.